Hello and welcome to Dynamo Discussions. Who's in need of a, a good founder chat? I know I am. And that's why we talked with Hunter Riley, the CEO and co-founder of Schlepp. Schlepp is taking on last mile logistics. That thing that everyone is apparently trying to do, but no one is doing that super well. Well, except for maybe Schlepp. Hunter and his team are finding great success in Chicago and have a very specific approach. An important differentiator is that they are very people-driven. Here at Dynamo, we think that there's not enough talk around the importance of people in the logistics tech industry. So we're going to talk about it now. Hope you enjoy Santosh's and my conversation with Hunter Riley. is your first company. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So before that then, um, and feel free to go back to your very first job, to your birth, like wherever it feels natural for you, what led you to this point? Yeah. So I really started in my professional career right out of my master's program at the Pat Tillman Foundation and was there at a turning point for that organization, you know, growing it from a local leadership-focused organization at Arizona State University and growing it into a national uh, leadership-focused organization with a a specific focus on veterans and uh, military spouses and growing what is now the Tillman Scholars Program for five years from from very beginning uh, idea stage all the way to its fifth class of of scholars and uh, took that opportunity uh, in my mid twenties, to really learn what it took to build something, though it wasn't a, it wasn't my own company and it wasn't uh, entrepreneurial per se. I, I really do think the entrepreneurial aspects of it, of managing resources, the nonprofit world in general is super nimble, uh, mm-hmm. and you you stretch a dollar. And taking some of those lessons uh, didn't lead me into logistics industry, but did lead me into uh, what the sacrifice would be in starting my own company. And then post Pat Tillman Foundation, I was managing logistics for a contemporary art gallery in Arkansas and managing logistics for an NGO that has projects around the world. Primarily, I was working with this NGO piecework in South Africa and Belize on the ground or uh, in the planning phases, really figuring out same thing, how to, how to bring all these people, all these resources together and manage a project from start to finish two weeks and learning how to make quick decisions on the ground in, in what would, I would consider just local logistics uh, and spent five years doing that leading into Schlepp. Why don't you actually go ahead and give like an overview of what Schlepp does since we didn't already do that. Yeah. Well, Schlepp is uh, last mile logistics. We provide heavy lifting, delivery, uh, receiving, and short-term warehousing for businesses and their customers. And so what we look at it, uh, and this is from day one when we, we chose the name Schlepp, we, we, the, the definition of Schlepp is to carry something larger awkward. So we saw this as the opportunity to bring trucks and muscles to any local logistical challenge. Okay, so you started Schlepp. I guess what always interests me is how do you make that leap into starting your own company, like taking that risk on and why this idea, especially since your background is in 
you know, NGO. Um, and then you said being an art career or is that what you said? Yeah. 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 So I was an art career. This is really what led into Schlepp. So, um, I was helping run, uh, and still am helping run a contemporary art, uh, gallery called good weather that, and I'm a very family oriented person. So that this is the, the reason I can start a company is cause I have a family, uh, meaning brothers, sisters, parents who are just full, fully in support of, uh, what my co-founder John and I are doing, but I in the same way back to them. So I was helping my twin brother who has this art gallery, uh, deliver art across the United States. So I pick up, uh, our dad's pickup truck, pack it full of art, you know, learned how to, um, handle art for my brother and his, uh, his artist friends, and then traveled around the United States, delivering this art back to the artist who had shown in his gallery in Arkansas. And for two years, I was doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a varied background. At the same time I was doing this, I was contracting with uh, two financial uh, technology companies in San Francisco, SoFi and Simplify. So I had a lot of flexibility. I had a paycheck and I could work from the road. So I just used it as an opportunity to manage the logistics for this art gallery and happened uh, upon... uh, Chicago, uh, sleeping on the sofa of my co-founder, John, who was a neighbor in uh, Arkansas growing up. And one of my SoFi colleagues asked if, since I had the truck there, if we could schlep a credenza for, uh, for him from his mother's house. And that's, you know, that's really, everything snowballed from there. It was, there was the name, there was this idea that there was this lack of a resource, something simple, uh, a, we started off with this tagline of your neighbor with the truck. Um, we've since matured into a business that's providing um, a way more focused B2B service. But if you look at four and a half years ago, it was, oh, this truck, this guy's got muscles. He can help me schlep a credenza. And I fell in love with the idea of defining a niche in local logistics of exactly what we do. Again, the, our name is what we do. We, we carry large and awkward stuff around town all day. So you said you, you're a B2B, um, and then you said with a B2B to C extension in your email, right? Yeah. Uh, explain a little bit just for clarity how that, is, how that works. Well, sure. I mean, there's a whole story about the maturation of our company, and, and uh, we've spoken with Dynamo about it before, and mm-hmm. uh, we, we realized early on that the, the only way that we could build a, a company um, – that provided the service at a level that we were proud of, might even be the best way to put it, John and I at least, the co-founders, was to hire people and to purchase our own vehicles and to provide this service of schlepping that applied in a lot of different verticals. And so when I mean what I mean by verticals are we are servicing in a B2B fashion event planners, interior designers, real estate agents, and furniture boutiques and large retailers. And for, for those purposes, now that we have our warehouse space, we've had it here for the last eight months in Pilsen, uh, a neighborhood here in Chicago, uh, we're able to provide them with very nimble logistical services that large companies can't or large logistical companies can't. And so we are focused on, on the partnership with, I mean, our biggest partnership uh, to date is Interior Define. Our second largest is a furniture uh, company called Blue Dot. So it's providing Interior Define, Blue Dot, and 
you know, dozens and dozens of other companies with the opportunity to solve their logistical challenges. And then we oftentimes do then interact with their customer because 40% of our business is deliveries direct to the customer. So that last mile delivery that Mm -hmm. you probably hear about in the logistical landscape all the time. Yeah, I think that's very interesting that you, your customer is the business, but then you also have this interaction oftentimes, like you said, with the, the customer of those businesses. So you're in a way, you're like a representative of that company in a sense. So they, they trust you with their brand. And then you're also, you know, your schlep as well. You have your own identity. Uh, how do you navigate that? And, and like, what are the values that, that help you maintain quality service for both your company, the companies you serve, but also the individuals who are com- customers of that company? Yeah. Well, there's, there's some aspects that apply to the relationship with the, the business um, and some aspects that apply to the relationship to the customer and then some, again, that crossover to both. Um, so, I mean, transparency is first and foremost where we, we, we start as a company. It's like transparent pricing. And you know that pricing is based on, it's fair pricing. It's based on the obstacles, the stairs that our team is carrying a sleeper sofa up. And a sleeper sofa is more expensive than a regular sofa. And so how our pricing works is something we explain on the front end to the businesses. And they they get that. They're like, this is a fair price for a good service. Um, and then transparency on the delivery. We are what we would consider in logistical terms a hot shot delivery service. Mm-hmm. The old school way of doing things is to consolidate 20 deliveries in one load and tell people that you'll come to them on this day because that's your day that you've scheduled for the North Shore or the South Side or the Western Suburbs. Um, instead, we look at uh, scheduling as something that shouldn't be a phone tag type situation. We allow the customer either to control that straight through our website or we let the business control that by calling and scheduling with their, their customer or we take on the scheduling. We, whatever it is, we call and we say, hey, Caitlin, your sofa just arrived here to Chicago today. Would you like it delivered this evening? Would you like it delivered tomorrow? Would you like it delivered on Thursday? And you would tell us and and. It, we know what our capacity is, and we would slot you into a pickup at 1 p.m. with a direct delivery to you. So the consolidation model, mm-hmm. uh, which really throws a, a wrench into a lot of old-school logistics companies' uh, scheduling, it doesn't. We don't run into that issue because we, I mean, we're still scheduling in advance, so we know what our capacity is, and we can hire. We have our hired teams, our employees, mm-hmm. uh, and we can obviously scale to, to meet whatever our, our, uh, our, our demand is that day. Uh, so that, that scheduling, that customer control, the scheduling is one way that we, we focus on the customer first. And then overall, we create a brand centric experience. And so a lot of companies we work with are already, you know, with their delivery, they're gifting a pair of socks or they're gifting a pillow or they're gifting something small. Uh, that goes along with a sofa or with the end table, you name it, it's part of the packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we, we build this relationship with our, the businesses that say, look, our teams are professional. They're going to be branded with Schlepp gear. This is what we do best. You sell furniture best. You make and design furniture best or design and make furniture best. We will, we will be your, uh, your face on that final interaction with the customer, which is the delivery. And we'll do it better than 
anyone else out there. Because uh, the, the, if you really look at what the offering is today, there are great companies providing great uh, services in the logistics space, but those companies are more concerned about where they can service you the full way through in you know, getting your sofa from the dock to the warehouse to another warehouse to another warehouse and then to a home. Mm-hmm. And the, what gets lost in that is the final interaction with the customer. So the final thing I'll say just on this point is and we've, we've culled this down a little bit because we kept getting people who would turn it away at 4 p.m. But from 9 a.m. to uh, 11.30 a.m. if we have a delivery or 8 a.m. is when we start, uh, our schleppers are serving the customer a coffee. Just like, here, you t- here's a coffee. Enjoy it. Let us get this sofa into the exact spot that you need it. And psychologically, just start, you know, start their morning off with a, a really nice gesture. Yeah, I, I, through just researching before we spoke, I ran into your Yelp page and a, a bunch of really good reviews on there from customers and someone or maybe even a few people mentioned the coffee. So I, I thought that that might have been a thing. I, I assume that you would have to instill that kind of service in your employees. How do you create a company that is so customer-minded and charming and delightful when they interact? It's more than just, hey, make sure you grab that coffee on the way. Everyone just seemed to have such a positive interaction with the actual people who are moving and delivering your items. So what do you guys do as leaders to make that happen? Yeah, there's a, uh, uh, so there's a lot of bit of culture and a little bit of competition. So the, a lot of bit of culture is to even be an independent contractor on our platform, because we still do have uh, 20% of our workforce is, is contractor-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have those contractors vet it just as heavily as we would an employee. And then our employees who are doing all of our uh, business, our B2B uh, business, they're the ones who show the highest marks in customer service as contractors and then work their way into employee roles. So they compete it okay. to, to, to get more hours, to get better, you know, a, a more stable situation with this company. Um, and then, so that's the competition part. The culture part is, you know, we're a, a, if you came into our warehouse, you'd see our core values, not in a cheesy way, like painted around, but like mm-hmm. something that we look at every month in our monthly meetings, like how are we uh, sticking to these? And uh, we have a lot of, a lot of value placed on communication, which is, when you're faced with a logistical challenge, communication can usually solve it. Whether it's a delay, whether it's a, a tight stairway, our schleppers are trained to pause. That's a, one of our core values, like take the pause and navigate the situation, be a problem solver, and then smile. Mm-hmm. And the smile part is, it seems simple, but Daryl, who's our, you could call him our foreman if you were using traditional terms, but Daryl, our most senior schlepper, so if you've looked at our Instagram, you've probably seen Christian and Daryl and Thomas and Fernando and Josue, you name it. Uh, Daryl's the smiley guy that's on our Instagram. And <laughs> we talk about body language. And so it's through your body language, through your smile, uh, you're, cre- you're not having to like force uh, a good customer interaction. You're just happy to be doing your job. And that's what everyone on our team is happy. And I, I have a very, very good validation of that. Uh, a gentleman who is the the management uh, part of the management team for our warehouse, so he's kind of the the guy who makes sure people are keeping trash out of the the shared spaces and out of the parking lot. 
who's been working in warehouse spaces his entire life. He came in the office last week or came in the warehouse and said, does anyone on your team not smile? And I was like, man, you must be going up to some gruff warehouse managers uh, or have in your day. And everyone here answers the door like we have a doorbell on our warehouse door versus someone banging. So maybe that's the start is where it starts with a doorbell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's something you said that was interesting. Is I, I, several people have said communication is important, but you mentioned at the top that reiterating your values is important, and I think mm-hmm. that's a, a good point because I'm sure a lot of companies they start off we're going to be this, we're going to be great, we're going to do great things, but then you know six months in, two years in, whatever, you know everyone gets kind of in the grind and they forget to like go back to those core mission statements or those values. Um, so that's. That's interesting. So I guess sitting silently here and, <laughs> and listening to uh, the, the story and, and your progression as you've kind of, I guess, built a, a career for yourself and now you're building a, a company along with your co-founder. Um, I guess talk about, you know, you are a service-oriented business where a lot of times you'll see founders who are building some kind of a digital product and in that, you, you, know, you hear the, the term UI, UX, but really what you're doing at Schlepp is you're actually, you are the interaction. And with that, you know, how are you constantly improving? How do you know what works, what doesn't work? How are you actually willing to change the way you behave? Because that's, that's a pretty difficult thing to do. We're humans and we like, you know, things to remain fairly static. Change is not something uh, we deal well with. But in your business, you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to improve. What do you track? How do you track it? How do you make that decision to alter behavior for the benefit of your customers? Yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of pieces of our business that we, I mean, in in the terms of talking to a VC, a lot of KPIs that we look at in every in every part of our business. You know, for our purposes, our business development efforts are our, our most crucial. Um, we don't spend any money, uh, at least currently, on marketing because uh, we're building our brand through interactions with businesses. And so on that side, we, we track who's, who's requesting schleps um, and are they using, we actually look every week at the if there's not a Gmail or a Yahoo or a Hotmail email account, what, what business account was used and is that someone we can tap further? So, I mean, that's, that's an aside. To answer your question directly in regards to the operational side and the KPIs, in, in a, addition to tracking feedback directly qualitatively from the customer and quantitatively after every schlep, uh, we are looking at how many customers are repeating uh, the use of Schlepp. And I mentioned in the email, and this is one of the best ways we can track this, if we are introduced by a West Elm or a CB2 or a Blue Dot or Interior Define, which have you know massive numbers of customers coming through, and their salespeople are handing over a Schlepp card, and we see that Hunter Riley, just to use my name as an example, used us because he bought a rug at West Elm, and then he used us next week uh, to, to do some personal shopping for him, then we know we had a successful interaction. Uh, so obviously, the, the, you know, we have a buddy here, who two buddies who co-founded a company called Review Trackers, and they talk about the importance of customer feedback. So we gather all of our customer feedback from uh, online review sites, and then we gather the private 
feedback that we get uh, through our, our post-schlep survey. And, and that allows us to take this outside perspective and, and build in feedback into what we look at. So an example of what we've done for that, our, our percep- the perception of schlep. We used to just have a, a pickup truck that was the same pickup truck that we started the company with and schlep and bought it from my, my father and have been using it for the past year as a schlep-owned vehicle. Well, we realized that, you know what, pulling up in a pickup truck to deliver a sofa doesn't have the best perception to 100% of clients. Maybe only 50% of clients are comfortable with that. So they, we realized that buying the Sprinter van that we bought is a, an improvement we need to make. And it's not a, on a very minor scale that we can make that. We buy this and we've just upped our, our brand uh, reputation to 50% of our potential clients. Same thing goes with the, I wouldn't call them necessarily uniforms, but the approved uh, dress for our team. And we have a really, John, my co-founder, John Godwin is, and if anyone wants to steal him, you need to pay a million dollars. He is, he understands what brand means to a company and he has created the Schlepp brand that, you know, like our uniforms, basically almost all black, everything. Uh, it's got really sharp looking design and it tells people right away on your hat and on your Carhartt jacket sleeve that I'm with Schlepp and then the t-shirt if it's summer and and people see that. So we started being more strict with this is a uniform type business and we were hearing that not just based on someone's comfort with the company but actually with the security of who's knocking on my door at 3 p.m. at night, even though they've been tracking them, even though they got a photo in advance of who was coming, small things like that are procedures or protocol that we put in place based on that informal and and actually formal feedback. Along the lines of um, being people-centric, being very customer-centric, just out of curiosity, if you had kind of one philosophical, and I mean business related when it comes to philosophical beliefs that you think you hold that most others might not hold, what would that be? What would kind of make you that kind of contrarian in the way that you're uh, looking at your business, your vision, and how you're executing on it? I feel like that's a really good question. And the first thing that popped to mind is patience. And it took a little bit for me personally to realize that that was an okay thing uh, to have as a, as a business that does want to scale nationally, as a business that does want to scale with um, high standards, that, that takes patience. Um, we, we were wrapped up for the first two and a half years with, does this make more sense as a, as a consumer-facing marketplace? Well, we realize, well, there's elements of what we do that need to have a contractor marketplace to allow us to scale. But what we keep hearing is that the relationship building aspect of what we do, which is what John and I have proven best at, takes time. That shows um, and it has shown with a lot of the contracts we've picked up over the last six months after two years of working to develop and develop those relationships. So patience is what I'd say. That's great. That's a great answer. Um, well, that's all the questions we have. Is there anything else you want to say or anything you want to say to any other founders out there, first-time founders? I, well, so the, the second thing that came to mind um, for this last question, just mm-hmm. and, and I'll use, it, use this time to say it, is, is stubbornness. And I've, seen, I've read it elsewhere as persistence. 
Um, we really started this company and looked at this niche, which we think is still not fully defined, but have been stubbornly working to define what that Schlepp is fulfilling a niche of the local logistical ecosystem. Uh, and every day, every minute, we're working to even fully make people aware that we're available to them, whether it is this event planning uh, vertical that we've we really hit the nail on the head. And I mentioned it in the email. We had a super fun uh, schlep yesterday from the Field Museum. And the, the event planner's like, I, you don't understand how this has changed my business. Um, or the photographer that I spoke with this weekend who now puts schlep. If you want her to bring anything to stage for a photo shoot, she puts a line item for schlep, meaning the customer is paying for the, the heavy lifting to and from uh, the photo shoot. And and having to address all these different potential markets at once because it is all the things that fall through the cracks, uh, that stubbornness on where we would fit in the market and not going where other people, whether customers or investors or competitors are going, um, we haven't followed those those leads. That stubbornness has allowed us to kind of really get to where we are um, as a super focused business today. Well, then that is all we have. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today, Hunter. Yeah, Santosh, Caitlin, thank you so much. And I, as I said before, I do want to come down to Tennessee because it's not too far from my native Arkansas. Yeah, please do. We'd love to have you. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. This week's episode was brought to you by GE Ventures. Thanks, GE Ventures, for supporting Dynamo and this podcast. Learn more about Schlepp at www.schlepp.it. Thank you, Hunter. Tune in each week for our weekly logistics tech update. It's a short episode to keep you up to date on all the tech news in logistics, transportation, and the supply chain. Hosted by this guy and with bi-weekly appearances by Santosh, who provides insights into major VC news in the industry. Subscribe to Dynamo Discussions on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And you can get more great content at hitthebutton.com. That's Dynamo's logistics tech publication. And say hi to us on Twitter at ThisIsDynamo. Okay, have a good rest of your week.